Welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gonzalez Cumberbatch, and I know firsthand that it takes a village to raise a child, but most importantly, that it takes a village to uplift a mother. A mother's village is necessary and can take up many forms. Consider this podcast as part of your motherhood village. No matter the season of motherhood you're in, every conversation will give you more tools to add to your parenting toolbox, and you'll feel supported, inspired, and uplifted. So let's get into an informative and empowering conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Motherhood Village podcast. I have a very special guest, Mrs. Shelley Howard, who is a certified independent college strategist and counselor. She helps middle and high school students, as well as their parents, by, pre- by preparing them for the college admissions process, helping them create a standout strategy, get into their best fit college without going into debt, and even how to succeed once admitted. Shelley, thank you so much for coming on to my show. How are you doing today? Outstanding. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Okay. So let's dive into my icebreaker round. What is your favorite book or one you would like to recommend? Uh, It's an old one, so I don't even know if it's still in print, but it's called Do What You Love and the Money Will Come. Mm, I think I've heard of that one, actually. Um, What are the values that guide you and your family? Uh, Our core values at our home, we are very in tune with our top three core values and knowing each other's core values helps us to communicate. Awesome. How has motherhood transformed you? Oh my, that we could have a whole podcast on that. (laughs) Um, So I am an empty nester after 28 years this year. And so it has been a awesome, awesome ride. And I am super happy to be on this side as well. That's great. And it takes a village to raise a child and to uplift a mother. Who and what has been a part of your motherhood village? Wow, I'm so thankful I have had a village. My mom would probably be one of them. My two oldest children would play a huge part in that. And I I think all of the families um, that I get to work with in College Ready have all brought great opportunities into my world. That's awesome. A village is super important. And bonus question, what is your parenting superpower? Listening. Mm, It's a really important skill to have. I think, yeah, very important skill. I think a lot of times people say communication, but I think listening kind of trumps because you can communicate, but if that's not what they're even talking to you about or wanting that from you, then it's almost, you know, it's, it doesn't, doesn't fit with it. So that's, that's a great one. Okay. So let's dive into, I know you mentioned already college ready. Um, Why don't you talk a little bit about your inspiration behind becoming a college strategist and what exactly that is? Absolutely. So it all started when my son came home from eighth grade and said, mom, I know exactly what I want to do when I grow up. And I'm like, really? Because I know a lot of adults who still have no idea. And he says, yeah, I want to be a brain surgeon. And I'm like, of course you do, honey. That's just great. And off he goes, probably get something to eat. Um, And then I remember having my heart racing, like, how can I possibly help my son accomplish such a large goal? And even if we did, how could I afford it? Sure. Those were the first two questions. Like, I don't know, um, without going into massive detail, because that would take way too long. Um, the long story short is he was a child that did exactly what I recommended. 
And he, I, you know, he did the hard work, so I don't want to take that away from him. But when he graduated, he had seven top tier colleges, ended up at Harvard and graduated debt free. He yeah. is now an orthopedic surgeon at UCLA. And he was my inspiration. He was my firstborn and my guinea pig. <laughs> wow. So let me ask, because I know you said you were like, okay, here he comes with these questions. But what did you find to then create your own program with College Ready to say, this is, this is what it is? Was there trial and error? Did you then do it with your other children? Like, how did that work? So the first step was I went back to school and mm. I got my master's. After that, I got my certification as an independent college consultant. And I started touring 25 colleges a semester. So I really jumped in. I spent about 30 hours a week on top of my full-time career and having two children. So education was by far the most important thing. Back, back then, 2008, there wasn't a lot of people doing anything sure. like what I do. And so I, I really was on my own. But College Ready is my seventh business I started. So the business part of it wasn't the hard part. That was the easy part. The hard part was really figuring out how to get students into colleges and mm -hmm. out debt free. That was way, way, way harder than the business part. And so once I did it with my first, I like, well, maybe that was a fluke. Let's try it again. So number two, she had a totally different path and she got in and out debt free. And I'm like, we've got something here. And that's when I started helping mm -hmm. other families as just my giving to my community. And then I found myself loving it so much. I didn't want to do my, my regular work. And that's when it hit me that I really could lean all in and really make this something that was my passion that had a purpose. And then what are the ways that you do support the students and parents? I know obviously you have the secret sauce of what you do and, and someone who would come to you for your services, but what are some top ways that you really support the parents and the students on this road to college ready success? So parents are such an important part of this process. Some want to be really involved and some just want to be like, here, you take them. So yeah. in supporting, it's really what the family wants and needs. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we really um, focus on what does the student want? Mm -hmm. How are we going to get them there? And what does mm -hmm. the family need? Sometimes yeah. a family may never have talked about financial literacy. So the the student may want to be a botanist and spend $80,000 a year on a college education. Sure. We have to come in and help them see, is that the best plan for the student and their future? If so, we support it. If not, we give other opportunities. So the mm -hmm. how part of it is we have four different ways families work with us. We have a do-it-yourself program, which teaches one course on how to help your student find their passion and be an advocate for their purpose, which is we call the Passion with Purpose Project. The other one is College Ready Debt Free, where we help families understand how to lower their expected family contribution, knowing what's on the FAFSA, what is not on the FAFSA, and understanding how to put their financial house in order. Then we bridge the two by helping them understand what is most important, the academic fit, the social fit, or the financial fit? 
Of course we want it all, right? That's just how we are, but we have to prioritize. And then we build a college list based on what the family and the students say they want. And then we present it as here's your strategy of getting free, partial and pay full price. Which one of these is going to be the best fit for you? And you would be surprised. I've had many families say, I'm happy to write a check, just get them in. And I've had many families say, if you can't get them in for free, they're not going. So we help students from a 3.3 to all the way up. Uh, This year we have over a 5.0. Students with a perfect SAT, ACT, students with, these kids are, I just gotta say, this generation, they're so smart, they're so driven, they're so intense, but they want everything yesterday. They're so used to that fast response that this process feels like a marathon. Yeah, they think everything in life moves that way as their phone or whatever access they have, and that's that's not so. <laughs> yeah, so meeting them where they're at and putting together a standout strategy of, everything they need to do to get to the goal. And for us, the goal is not when they get into college, it's when they graduate from that college, do they have a career? Do they know what focus? Will the alumni support them? What is the first job? We're thinking five years out, will the career be done by a robot? These are real life things we have to be thinking for this generation. Sure. I guess I should ask, how early do parents come to you with their children? I'm, I'm sure middle school, some people start prepping for that if there's high aspirations there. Yeah, this is the number one question I get asked. And the, the, the reality is for those who have children, and I'm guessing that's everybody on this podcast, yes. look at your children individually. Child number one may be mm-hmm. ready in seventh grade. Child number two may be ready in 10th grade. Child number three, maybe. So it's a maturity thing. Are they ready to start talking about their passions, their core values, the things that they're gifted and talented at? Or is that just silliness to them? So I do, Mm -hmm. I have students this year, I brought on two seventh graders who impress me more than I have some 10th graders. They're ready to jump in with both feet and they want this desperately. So in all reality, I've had people who are pregnant come to me and say, what is a good strategy and a plan? And I just let them know, read, 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 and read to your children as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then let them read to you because that gift of reading will send the message that learning is fun. And that I have watched time and time again, be the simplest path to success. That's so poignant. And yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that because yeah, I mean, my husband and I, we have the 501c account that we opened up for our son, right? With the, with the thought process of college in mind. So truthfully, I'm sure some people are, or yeah, even thinking about it now. I'm a firm believer that, you know, yes, it's following your child's passions. And I think nowadays, whether it's a trade school option or if it's a formal college education, you have to really go with what works because I know some people, I mean, look, it's it's the proof is in the pudding. We have some of the most famous, successful people on the planet that did not go to college. You know, I did. I graduated. So I just think there's opportunity there. But I think to your point, 
there's much more information and, and people like you who can really be there and help along the way and say, look, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be hard and you don't have to go broke. So along those lines, can you share some tips on how children um, can go to college without losing their mind and parents can go and can parents can send them there without losing a lot of money? So the number one thing is planning. Just like you could do your own taxes on the very last day before they're due, or you get them to a CPA early. Which one's going to mm. be less stressful? Think about when you sure. go and buy a house, you don't w- wake up one day and go, you know, today's the day we're going to go buy a new house. No, you save, you plan, you strategize. Sure. Think about sure. the effort you put into buying a new car. You, you don't just wake up and go to buy a car, right? But for some mm-hmm. reason, people do not want to or don't think to or I, I, for whatever reason, they may not be planning or they think, well, back in my day, we didn't talk about this until the end of the junior year. Yeah. Well, back yeah. in my day, we applied to two schools and didn't take a test. Like <laughs> it, it is so incredibly different. So the number one thing sure. you can do if you don't want to go into debt and you want your child to go where they want, you you map it out, you strategize it. When we bring on students, we plan their whole four years of academia. Why? Because there's some universities that if you haven't taken the right class before you apply, you cannot even get in. Well, that's not what, what high schools are sharing. They're trying to get you to graduate high school. So there's this huge cross path of missing information. And so when you start early and you start really leaning into what do we need to do? Because the FAFSA looks at the second semester of the sophomore year and the first semester of the junior year. So if you wait till the end of the junior year, you just left your financial house in a mess. And the reality is I, I get juniors and seniors all the time and I do everything I can to get them caught up as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. But it's so much easier when we start them earlier. And so that's why we started offering this program as an all-inclusive from the time you start high school until you leave for college. That's the all-inclusive college-ready plan. And that's the same plan that got our students $17.6 million in scholarships over the last two years. So planning is the key to success. Which would make sense. And then when it comes to colleges, and I'm sure there are so many um, variables, so many factors that go into that, but what really matters in picking the right college, whether academically, socially, and financially, um, to then to your point, you know, it's not this overwhelming, frustrative process um, what can you share like the top things in now your experience going on with this for so, so many years um, that you can share with my listeners? The first thing you want to look at to see if it is a good fit for your student is do they have their top three majors? Because the student may mm-hmm. say, oh, I want to be an engineer. Well, do they want to be a chemical engineer? Do they need want to be an aerospace? Sure. So if you pick a school that does not have their major, that is not a good pick and they may have to transfer, which costs time and money and emotional distress. So when you pick academically, 
You want to look at that student's top three majors. You want to look at does that school offer a solid program. Some schools have a theory-based program where you learn the theory of engineering. Some have a practical where you learn how to build stuff. Well, you may have a child that likes one or the other, but if you pick the wrong school, their education could be very, very wrong. And so sure. academically, that's important. The other thing is if you have a good student with a high GPA, they're used to being at the top of their class. If you want them to be at a highly ranked competitive college, now they're all just like them. I remember my son mm -hmm. coming, calling me after the first week at Harvard and he's like, mom, you're not going to believe it. And I'm like, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, there's 12 students in my English class. And the teacher said, one of us is getting an A. And he goes, you know what? I'm getting a B. It's okay. <laughs> And he was okay with it, but it was his first B in his entire life. So again, the academic fit can and do they want to be in the most competitive environment because if they want to go on to get their MBA, PhD law, they have to graduate at the top of their class. So think about if they're at a rigorous undergrad school and then grad school, like it could be pretty intense. So making sure, sure that that student has the strength, the ability, the determination and the desire to put it all together to make it a good fit. And then we talk mm -hmm. about the social fit. Some parents um, will say, well, what about community college? And, and then going from that position and you know, back in the day, that was a really viable option. Right now in California, which is where I live, 6% of community college students graduate with a four-year degree. That's a tragedy mm -hmm. because what happens is, is they get a job and then they buy a car and then they move out and then they meet somebody special. And then the idea of being <laughs> poor and going back to school sounds really not very nice. And so... Yeah. You want to think about socially, who do you want your student to be spending their time with, you know, and then you get into financially. Does your family want to, you know, incur the cost of college? Do they want to get scholarships? What is their, their financial plan? Those are the things that should be spoken about in the home way before they apply to college. I would imagine. And I, and I think it goes back to me saying how early, and I think my son, I'm, I'm very new to the parenting game. My son will be five in November, right? But it's, you know, now we have school choice. I, I live in South Florida. We have school choice and, you know, there's the lottery for the charter schools. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember, you know, just myself. And it was like, you went to the school that was in your district and that was it. Thankfully, you know, we had pretty good school. So it was fine. Now, because there's so many more students, there's so many more schools, it's a, it's a bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in my city alone, there's like eight or 10 elementary schools. Like it's, it's kind of crazy to choose from. So long story short, I'm, I'm in the Facebook groups and I see, you know, what elementary school this. So my son is just in VPK. We even make compiling a list and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is overwhelming. But to your point though, because then, you know, we look at schools that have trajectory from elementary to high school and one of those schools, and it's a very expensive school, but, um, they have access, they have like college prep stuff. So we're like, okay, do we think about that now? Because our son 
I think is going to be a bit advanced. Well, actually, we know he is because they, they did a VPK assessment. I don't know what that what that level means or where that will take him, college or not. Um, but I know he has, I guess I should say the capability. I say all of this to say it goes back to your point of how early and really how truthful that planning is because I even know for myself and wishing I had, there was something like this or I knew something like this back when I graduated high school in 2002 is... I thought I had it figured out, but I didn't to a certain extent. So I guess I will transition this into a question to say someone like me who thought I had it figured out of what I wanted to do. I think I changed my major like three times. Unsure. If there's someone that comes to you that's like, look, I want to go to college, but I am unsure of what I want to do. I was one of those people that worked full time. Thankfully, I stuck with it and finished my bachelor's, but I always had great jobs in the field that I ended up getting my degree in. So how would you help someone like that? It was like, I don't know what I want to do, but I do want to go to college. I would say that's probably 80% of the students who call me. Oh, okay. I think it's quite interesting. Most people think students know. And, and the reality is yeah. 80% don't have a clue. But think about yeah. the world they live in. They're on Instagram, Snapchat, all of, you know, TikTok, all of this social TikTok. media. And then they're on a computer on Zoom and doing gaming or whatever. And so the question is, how would they know? Back back yeah. in the day, right? People would be out on the streets until the lights turned on and we would be on our bikes <laughs> and our skateboards and you knew you were either fast or slow, like you just knew. And so yes. if your parents, right? If your parents don't do what you wanna do, how else are you exposed to what you do want to do? There's no more wood shop, metal shop that they've taken away the home ec. So now what yeah. we do with our students to help them figure this out is we help them put together a passion with purpose project. What we have found mm. is when you are serving your community, you feel that you're willing to try things that maybe you've never tried before because they're better than they would have been. So teenagers mm -hmm. are willing to be a little more risky and be okay with failing when they're serving. And so we help them to figure out who do you want to serve? What do you want to change about mm -hmm. their life? And how are you going to do this? And what they figure out mm -hmm. is, I don't want a desk job. I don't want a lab job. I don't even want to work with people. I want to work with animals. You know, they, they start to get this pendulum swinging back and forth of, I really like this. I really don't like that. How valuable is that for them to sure. then know I want to be a blank, blank, blank. So that is how we help these kids. And just think of what life would be like if every 18 year old did at least 200 service hours before they graduated high school. Yes. 100%. I know for me, service has played a humongous part in just me. I mean, I, I since um, I was young, um, and I totally, totally agree with that. And it's actually, I know in, in, in Florida, we have that, but you're basically saying not every state has that, right? I know Florida does, like you have to do hours in order to graduate. But I guess to your point, maybe not every district or every state or every whatever has that, mm -hmm. um, which is service for sure. Yeah, it is a school by school situation. And it's not even private public thing. 
It really isn't. It yeah. is a, a district mandate and some schools don't have any just at all. Some yeah. schools have five, but I will tell yeah. you the lessons these children learn, especially serving next to their parent and seeing the joy that's being brought and the parent going, wow, you are really good at that is so mind opening to what they could possibly do with that gift that they are just wired for. It's not even that they had to work hard at it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess going back to what you were saying now that, yeah, there is a difference of, yeah, back in the day and even me growing up, I remember riding my bike in the neighborhood and doing all of that. Now it's not the same. It's just not right where, where it's, it's very different. I guess, what do you think or have you already seen in, in any of where you're at now with college ready is the future of college applicants and college graduates? Where do you think that lies? Are you still seeing people like very much so? I mean, I know earlier in your statement, you said that, you know, this generation, they're ready. They, they want to do it. I am curious, like what, what is that? Do you see the numbers rising with what you have with college ready? Like, what does that look like? Because, you know, you have the, I want to be an influencer. I want to be a YouTube star, which is truly a thing. You know, there are people who do that. You have DoorDash that people make a living off of that. Like there's, there's a lot of opportunity. So, so speak on that of what you've seen and what you think. Yeah. Um, so if you think about the world ahead of us, if you want to be a CPA, a lawyer, a doctor, a dentist, there, there is no other option. You must have a college yeah. degree. So those For will sure. always be right. You just can't possibly do it when you're 18. Like you just need more training yeah. <laughs> for yes. the people who maybe are not sure for the people like myself, an entrepreneur, did I need a college degree? I don't know. Did it help me mm -hmm. a thousand percent? Because just because yeah. you have an idea to start a business doesn't mean you market well, you finance. No, I mean, there's so much you gotta to sell it. You got to learn how to sell it. You have to have the skill sets to sell it, to scale it. What does that look like? A hundred percent. Yeah. So if you're an entrepreneur, you can either make mistakes on your own dollar or you can go mm -hmm. to college and skip that whole mistake yeah. problem. Um, and and the foundation. So, yeah. And it's a, a four years you need to grow up. I mean, not everybody is ready to be in the limelight when they're 16, 17, 18 years old. Some of them implode. Look at some of our actors and actresses. Like it is not as easy as you, they make it look. And so mm -hmm. helping students understand it is okay if you don't want to go to college. My question is, then what? So you're mm -hmm. 18, you've determined you don't want to go to college. Now tell me, what are you going to do? What is the plan? And that's when yeah. they're like, what do you mean? I'm just going to be like on social media and da, da, da. And, you know, I'm, and that's okay. There's some people who will do that and I'm not downplaying it. But the first thing I ask them is, where's your business plan? Show me that it's not a, just a, a really cool idea that you have. Show me how you're going to take it from idea to dollars, because dollars is what you need to live on your own. And that whole thing opens up a can of worms like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, it costs money. And they're like, what do you mean? And so there's this huge financial barrier that they're not getting 
by the time they graduate from high school, they see these influencers doing something, but we don't know if they're in the basement or if they're on a yacht. Like we don't understand what their lifestyle is. And I want students to understand, do you want a new car every year? Or do you care less and you'll happy to drive the same car? It doesn't matter to me, but they be, need to be able to understand what that means financially to their future. So I never 100%. tell a student, no, I never say that's impossible. I, I never say that's a stupid idea. I'm like, great. How are we going to do it? And then sure. that's when it's like, ah. <laughs> The light bulb as we wind up wind down here i guess yeah i mean you said you've had seven businesses which is wow and you know to the point of that i think i think a lot of times it is glorified but a lot of that even even the influencer side of things some of the ones that are really big name it takes work and i'm sure as someone yourself who's a business owner that now we're marketing in the social media social marketing day and age i know even for myself I'm putting a summit together and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I have this great idea. And yeah, I have a large community here, but that doesn't transition to dollar sales just because you have a great idea and you have a good community. Mm -hmm. I had to do the work. And not that I didn't know that, but I say all that to say is I think, and that's me and I'm going to be 40 years old. A lot of times to your point is like, yeah, I think people have this or, and the, the young generation to your point that might have that ideology, like, well, I'll start a business. Yeah, that's great but you know how much work you really have to have. And it still goes to your point of having that. Um, and I forget what you called it, but like, you know, who do you want to serve? What do you like to serve? Because truthfully, if I did not have the passion that I have for helping mothers and what I want to do, I would have left this a long time ago, which is now why I understand the successful entrepreneurs, business owners, whatever you want to call it, say, make sure you really love what you do because you know, I went from corporate of working X, Y, Z and making this to now I'm working almost 24 hours. It's a different thing. So the grind is different. So I think a lot of times there's this glorified thing that, yeah, we see it, but all of it is a lot of work putting the reels together. That's still a job, mm -hmm. you know, but to your point, okay, well, how are you going to make the money? Where are you going to get the sponsorships? Who's going to do this? What are you going to do to get that? You're not just posting you know, um, so I'm glad that you've said that for anyone listening out there and even for the parents of saying, no, support that idea in the sense of, okay, sounds great, but now let's make a plan for it. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And then still having your passion behind it of who you want to serve in doing that. What is your message that you want to put out there? Because truthfully, I think it's all saturated. Even, you know, it's like something you have the influencer thing. Now everyone's an influencer. So now how are you going to set yourself apart from the competition, right? So it's all work and still goes. So to your point, I think that's where the college foundation can come in. And like you said, if there's an option learned there of planning, of building, of creating, are then transferable to your business and whatever you have there. Um, so I wanna ask you, before I dive into kind of um, some questions about you personally, regarding just like being a business owner, what do colleges look for and how can parents help their children stand out amongst the so crowd? So it's individual, but the, the, the foundation is a grade point mm -hmm. average with rigor. So not all easy A's, but some challenging classes, mm -hmm. test scores, community service, leadership, extracurricular letters of recommendation mm -hmm. and essays. Yeah, that's the rule that's book to the point. And you're saying basically you hit those or check those boxes. It's a higher chance you get into the school you want, mm -hmm. you get the scholarships, everything that comes with it. 
And then you help parents basically hit those marks, writing essays and all of the things that come with that. Yeah, because I mean, unless somebody has an extra 20 or 30 hours a week to do this and their child will listen to them and do what they ask. (laughs) I've had people hire me just to handle that part of it. So they love their child when they leave. But, you know, tongue in cheek, it is a lot. And they're going to question a parent, like, how do you know? Like, what? What, what makes what you say, because Johnny's mom said this, or Susie's aunt said this, and that's the challenge. You can Google it, but how do you even know if the person who wrote on Google is giving you the right advice? So that is the struggle in helping families get clear on this. The media wants you to believe college is hard to get into and it's very expensive. I'm here to tell you there is a boatload of colleges that are amazing and that you can go without having to go in debt. Sure. So it's my message and my my mission is to help families understand if if we want our children to be successful adults, why don't we start now helping them to be the best version of them, which is their grades, their test scores, community service, leadership, So it's not, we're not doing this for college. We're doing this to have great adults. I always say, you know, as an empty nester, people are like, aren't you sad? I'm like, no, I would be sad if my child was on my couch doing drugs. I would be really sad. And or not having direction or feeling lost or not knowing what they want to do or what that purpose looks like in, in a, in a, um, um, Oh, goodness, I just lost the word. But yes, exactly, of not figuring out what they want to do. Right. And so for me, empty nesting is means that they're ready, that I've ju- done my mom, mommy job and that they're going to be okay. And that brings me such joy. Do I miss them? Of course I miss them. They're my babies. But I love watching them adult. It's such a cool place. And I, I don't, I'm not a grandma yet, but I've heard that's pretty awesome too. Yes. My, my parents, um, they, they love it. My dad always tells me all the time. He's like, I wish you would have started earlier. <laughs> and then I had him at 34, 35. And I'm like, look, dad, this is the way it worked. And he's like, oh, you know, but I, I get it. I'm sure I understand of like, goodness, I would, you know, he's like, I'm getting older. And, you know, you think of all of that. But I love, I love that you have that attitude. And I can see you have a passion for this. It's actually one of the reasons why I did want to speak with you, because I was intrigued by this conversation. And I am a firmer believer. It's why I started my podcast a few years ago that education no pun intended because we're talking about college here but education in in general and support for mothers for families is really the foundation for everything the more you know you just do better in an instinctual way so i am very thankful that i have you on to then help moms that someone can hear this that maybe didn't even think about this or maybe they did think that college wasn't still on the radar radar that college might be expensive because everything else is rising but knowing that there is someone out there like yourself who can support them along that path so let's pivot just a little bit here so you're a busy lady i know now you're an empty nester but you, you're running a business. What are some ways that you release, you reset, you recharge to make sure that you're at your best and that you can do all the things? So for me, I've learned, um, I'm actually a CEO uh, for three companies. And so, wow. you know, one was not enough, so I had to have more. And I was the CEO of my house and, and now, you know, I've graduated from there. 
what I learned very early on is if I'm not good, I'm not good for any of it. And so I have a self-care regimen where I go through and unfortunately I have to check them off my list or I won't do them. And, (laughs) and I have to hold myself accountable. It's important to stretch. It's important if you like to meditate, if you like to work out, if you like to go for a walk on the beach, that time with yourself allows you to be better for everything else for the rest of the day. For sure. And I want to ask to being a mom and being a business owner. And it's funny, I answered a, a question. I was being interviewed. I did one of those online interviews and it was like work-life balance. And I've talked to some woman who hates that word. She thinks that there's no such thing as balance. And I'm like, I don't know if it's really balance or it's more just kind of like you're, you're, I guess it is balance, but one day you're here, one day you're not like, it's always kind of there. How have you managed, especially to someone like me, who's kind of new in the business owner game and being a mom, how did you manage all of that? I know for me, I think it's in seasons um, and I've learned to just accept that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also a check off, you know, I have my, my book here, carry it with me everywhere, but I just had to give myself grace and know I'm in seasons and there's some moments where I just know I'm going to stay up late and I might not make it for here, but when I can, I am. So talk to me a little bit about what that journey was like for you and what did you have to figure out along the way? So I learned really early on that when my children watch me work, they're learning skills mm-hmm. for life. And so I, I didn't hold any guilt. I really didn't. I thought mm-hmm. that them watching me, how I communicate with people, how I handle myself ethically, how I make the choices. So that's number one is the grace part of it. I tried to be a stay at home mom for six months. I gave it everything I could. And those women on this call, God bless you because wow, that was something. I, I I tried my best because I thought that's what I was supposed to be as a mom. And what I found out is I was not being true to me. My purpose in this world is to help people. That brings me joy. So by stepping away from what brings me joy made me sad. And then I wasn't a happy mommy. So I ended up running all the mommy in me groups and I, I just was that natural person I wanted to do, 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 and serve, serve, serve. And so what, what I will say to you is because I've always done what I've loved, it never felt like work. And because I have never felt like I'm working, I don't look at it as I'm taking away from my family or my children that the learning is watching and seeing how I adult and then watching how my children now adult. And I, I just didn't have the guilt that was just wasn't in my, in my world, but I also had to be okay with not being perfect. And that has its challenges of itself. Well, yeah. I mean, I think as moms somehow, some way, and maybe that's not everybody's feeling with it, but because there are exceptions to the rules, but I think it's just something stamped that the minute we come (laughs) 
to become moms. It's like this perfection thing. And now with social media, it's even amplified, mm. you know, to want to do all the things. But thank you for sharing that. I think that's, um, I, I think that's eloquently spoken and in, in a way that's great for moms to hear that are kind of on that mompreneur journey. And I know a lot of moms, I, I struggle with it. Not all the time. I've learned to kind of, to your point, I love what I do. He sees what I do. And I say, this is what, you know, I love doing and I make it count when we are together. So thank you for that. So how can my listeners connect with you? Where can they find you? When I post this, I will add in the show notes and I'll tag you on social media, but how can they find you? And then you can end this with final thoughts to the podcast world. Excellent. So I'd like to first give you and your listeners a gift and that's my best-selling book. It's how to send your students oh, to college. Yes, we didn't even talk about that. Yes. Without yes, losing go, go. your mind or your money. This book was written as a bet to my son about getting in and graduating from Harvard debt-free. When he crossed the stage and gave me his diploma, he says, Mom, where's the book? Ah, he totally remembered. I did not remember. So the book is something wow. very special where I give the foundation of what needs to be done from basically fifth grade all the way through. To get that free book, wow. go to freebook.collegeReadyplan, that's P-L-A-N.com. And you can get a, a copy of that book. And that is a, an easy yes. The second thing is if you need my support or you think you might need my support, please go to collegereadyplan.com. It's our website. I have so many free resources. We're all over social media, every channel, every opportunity. Our goal is to give you everything you need to do this on your own. Now, some of you may be a busy working mom who says, oh, heck no, we can help you as well. <laughs> That's awesome. And then any final thoughts to the podcast world? Absolutely. My final thought is enjoy every step and every stage. When you're doing bath time, be all in. A bath time goes so fast and it's such a, a wonderful non-distracted time. And um, I, I, out of all the things I miss, it's bath time and reading before bed. So just cherish those moments. Yes. Thank you so much, Shelly, for coming on, for sharing your story, for what you do. Um, and continued blessings to you for love and light. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this impactful episode of the Motherhood Village podcast. Subscribe to my show so you'll never miss a future episode. You may also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with someone that can use it as part of their Motherhood Village. Remember, your village can take up many forms and you do not have to do it alone. Connect with me at themotherhoodvillage.com. Blessings to you for love and light.